0: This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 virtual ticket presenting sponsor, Amazon Music. Hello. Thank you for for being here. Last day after yesterday's party, everyone's a bit slow. And well, this has been a, a slow day for the, for the room, but thank, thank you guys for being here. We're gonna be talking about how we have been done, uh, doing in our, in our story uh, to untap uh, Latino audiences. And we're gonna be focusing a lot in the States cause La- Latinos in the States, we've been hearing this morning Latinos uh, in Mexico and South America, Central America, as Gabe Gabriel, uh, from Edison Research said Wednesday on, on, his, on his keynote, Wednesday morning, if you were you there, a lot of things that work for Latinos here usually work uh, for, for Latin America, right? So, so we're, we're gonna be um, seeing some, some figures and stuff, but first I want to start with a weird thing because we, we, we keep hearing and, and with a listener report, last week Latino listener report, I don't know uh, who who was on the webinar or if you guys have checked out the, the PDF. Uh, Latinos are growing and growing, but if you check, for instance, I've been checking this last uh, days, this this last week and a half, every single day, in chartable, like Spotify's Spotify Spotify is the biggest for for Latinos. Well, YouTube and Spotify, right? Not not Apple Podcast. There's only in the 17 categories of the. 50 shows in the states. I could only find each day like four to six, um, four to six shows, and well, you have some fiction, leisure, and and the business one, and so it's a weird thing to start a presentation about Latinos being a, 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 a growing market and stuff. But it's a weird thing, no? We're gonna. We're going to try to understand a bit more during this presentation about this. And and well, a bit of our story, what we have been doing, what we're trying to do, and the experiments that, that we're doing. So first of all, a lot of people here um, during these presentations these last days have been saying, and I just want to keep repeating it because sometimes it's, it appears it might not be clear for, for everyone and then election time comes and like, oh, why did Latinos from Florida voted this way and Latinos from California this way and from, it's not a monolith, it's a very uh, th- th- hard thing to define. You have, well, Hispanics, Latinx, Latinos, you have all those different uh, words to, to, to try to define. Right now, the last census a couple years ago, 62 million people in the states and coming from 26 different spanish and portuguese uh, speaking countries right that's almost 20% of the population of the us and and well we have afro latinos then well a lot of, of more uh, latino millennials are identifying also as lgbtq plus etc uh, and one of the things that that we As Latino content creators, the Juan Diego Network, we have uh, more than 70 shows that we have created and that we're producing. One of the things that we have to uh, evangelize, so to speak, about the Latino landscape, uh, the Latino population here in the States is with white Americans or Anglos or non-Hispanic Americans or uh, yeah, however it's called, first of all, try to dispel some myths. There's a lot of myths regarding Latinos, a lot of myths. Like, yeah, uneducated, most of them are like mi- migrants, first generation, well, that's why I wanted to start with some numbers, right? So in the last 10 10 years, population growth in the US, more than half of it has been because of Latinos, right? And, well, income growth uh, is growing a lot, home, home ownership, if Latinos, if the economy, Latino economy in the U.S. were a separate country, it would be the seventh uh, biggest GDP tied with France. Bigger, well, those countries, but it bigger than Mexico and, by, uh, and then Spain, right? So it's not like, oh, poor Latinos, let's start doing stuff for Latinos because, yeah, inclusivity, and and let's let's have the the check mark or the star in my my in my, my uh, head contributing a lot to this economy and growing the market power is growing and growing. It's not Latinos are not isolated. They're contributing. They're buying a lot of stuff. So well, Latinos compared to China, growing seven percent. Uh, more uh, fa- faster than China. And also the purchasing power has been growing 70% faster than non-Hispanic GDP. So, well, just some numbers, uh, more, more numbers also, because sometimes, like, okay, yes, they're the cooks, and they're the the, the people working uh, at ranches, and, and in La Pisca, and all that stuff. Yes, a lot, yes, but also, There's the one, uh, the the group that have started the more businesses than any other ethnic group in the last 10 years. Uh, The average growth of Latino-owned companies in revenue, 25%. And very cool thing also, Latinas as a subgroup, a segment, six times faster than any other group are creating small businesses. So just to understand uh, uh, a bit the economy side also, every year more and more uh, formal educated they're more formally educated that that's why bachelor's degree uh, higher growing a lot almost 3x right compared to non-latinos and well this is just information from the last census what we just saw gdp tied to france and grow uh, and bigger than than other companies that than one would expect but also not saying just to the back, but to the future, the, the future looks very much Latino. 11 years, most common age of, of Latinos, 58 for, for Hispanics, and Gen Z are 32% of the Hispanic community, right? And well, just an interesting fact, you might know there are a lot of households that are multi in the in the Latino. This is very interesting. I don't know if you can see. This is from Claritas. If you guys don't don't um, follow Claritas or are not subscribe to their newsletters, or they have a lot of cool reports. They have one that's like the Hispanicity report. Uh, this comes from there. As you can see, that that ten last years, 80% growth, 80.7% growth of the Hispanic. Uh, population right and right now just saying this this next years what's expected every hour in this country 147 more Latinos every hour right every hour 147 and every hour minus 44 American whites right non-Hispanic whites so the future looks Latino right and well earlier we well, no felix just just mentioned uh something they were seeing in 2010 while launching the second podcast of npr right which which was well alt, alt latino over indexing latinos in in uh, digital devices smartphones and stuff well this continue happening the hispanic community is more socially engaged than any other and 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 well it's so, a super group, Latino, Latino uh, Gen Z, Millennials, but also one thing that's very important to, to talk about. There, there's five major Hispanic segments. It's not Latinos uh, and what you do for one generation or for, one, uh, for recent immigrants. For first generation, that works for everyone. In some senses, yes, we have to find a way of, of being appealing to everyone, right? But I like this. This is from Colibri, and five major his, Hispanic segments. And I'm gonna use I'm gonna use Claritas as well, which is all in the same in the same slide. So you have five segments: Americanizado, which third generation or fourth generation uh, speak. Mostly English. They sort of understand Spanish, and there's few Hispanic cultural practices. 17% nueva latinas, 29%. That's that's the biggest segment. They speak a lot of uh, a lot in English. They prefer English, but they're embracing a lot of a lot of their Hispanic cultural. As uh, Gabriel, I don't know who was on the keynote, but he was he was telling his story. And he was saying there was a point in his, uh, in his life during high school, I think. He was like, okay, so am I afraid of my, my heritage, of what I am, stuff? And he's like, no, I'm gonna wear it on my sleeve, embrace it. That's happening a lot, and that didn't happen before. This, has, this is a new trend that we're seeing, right? And well, Latino Americanos and, and Hispanos, uh, people who are just migrating here, right? There's a thing that I want to talk about. So, so I hope that gave you a sense of a lot of the the like the the big the market is a lot of the myths that are still out there about maybe Latinos aren't consuming. Okay, yes, uh, we are seeing that's not true at all. And and now the Hispanic paradox is a thing <laughs> that researchers have been trying to, to understand academically and, and, and epidemiologists, or however you say that, uh, trying to understand why Latinos have higher life satisfaction, health outcomes, happiness rates than, than non-Hispanics. That's a thing that they're trying to understand. And, well, we've seen in all the presentations today and these last days when, when people are talking about Latinos, Latinx, Hispanics, mostly they're, they're all talking somehow, like even Gabriel's, Gabriel's presentation, right? During the whole presentation, he was talking about his family, right? Earlier, like Felix was also, even his son called him while he was here, right? And he's talking about, about his, his mother, uh, and it's a it's a very big thing for family for for Latinos, right? But also some lifestyle choices, uh, which includes, of course, uh, what, what we eat, relationships, religiosity uh, also as, as, as well, right? So even when they're migrating, This continues, and apparently it's a weird thing to understand, that's why it's called the Hispanic Paradox, because yes, seventh largest GDP if Latinos were a country, but still, of course, income, lower income than than non-Hispanic whites and stuff. So it's difficult to understand, apparently, why Latinos are very happy and stuff. So this is the clue, no? Well, the clue has to do with lifestyle choices, relationships, religiosity, family structure, right? Family oriented, that's, these three things come up in every research. they are trying to find out what's up with, with Latinos. Yeah, family. So yes, we see some shows, some podcasts that are like tapping into, into family, not as many. Somehow like comes, comes out, uh, here and there but not as many right and also aspirations one of the the top three things for for Latinos here like they really believe it's like one of the segments that continues believing in the American dream all the way right getting better career advancing economically and in in a well-being and every way moving moving that's that's a Top thing for Latinos, and well, we see that pretty much in, in a lot of the shows and a lot of the podcasts, right? And also religious. It's, it's a thing that we know, for instance, like the Christian market in the in the in the states, right? And we know it's a huge market and stuff. But normally tied with with the myths around Latinos, like uh, religion, like it's well, it's not a market and stuff. Well. Latinos do consume uh, and we're going to see some examples do consume stuff uh, religious stuff uh, we're going to see some 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 numbers everyone not not everyone of course but a huge a huge part of of Latinos are well a virgen de guadalupe and have all this um, religious practices that are part of their culture, right? It's very, very important to the roots of who I was, my family was in Mexico or in Venezuela. La Virgen de Chiquinquirala, like all these uh, processions and and the rosary with the abuelita, and it's part of a culture of the traditions of 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 what made uh, makes makes Latinos, right? So. We we we've seen in the different well Edison researches and Nielsen's uh, reports of Latinos and podcasting comedy is very important and and yeah we love to laugh and and we have a lot of content comedy and it was well talking uh, with, with Marie Carmen earlier also. Uh, like we see that a lot in the, in the radio and stuff, but also Latinos earn for connection. Like the relationships are very important. The, the family, the culture, religiosity and stuff. And that seems to be lacking uh, uh, in, the, in the podcast that, that we see. You know? So getting a bit into religion, 84% of, re- of Latinos in the States say it's important. Very important and well, somehow important, no? And just to to understand a bit more, fifty percent of lat of, of Latinos who say that are Christian, Catholic, and then well, evangelical Protestants and non-evangelical Protestants. Um, an important thing is Hispanic youth continues being more religious than any other ethnicity than non 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 Latinos, so even a third of of Gen Z say they use or like religion to to guide their souls. So spirituality is still important, uh, and and well, I'm gonna show you now uh, some three examples of what we uh, one of three of our top ten shows. Juan Network, uh, we focus on creating and producing spiritual content that connects with Latinos on different levels, scripted, unscripted, uh, fiction, non-fiction, and well, we're, we're gonna be soon like two million downloads per, per, per month, which I know is not a lot, but for us it's a lot. Um, not a lot in the grand scheme, but, but well, we're growing. Our second largest audience is the US the first is Mexico, but we, by the trends, we believe by by December, or at the most by February, the we'll, uh, U.S. is going to be number one. Uh, so three aspects, three podcasts that are part of our top ten podcasts. I want to show you a bit what 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 we're doing and how we're trying to connect with them on tapping through these different ways, right? Well, this is Meditacion del Dia. It it has, we're thinking more, more than... Uh, 11,000 daily lessons on platforms, but and it has been the Spotify charts and Apple podcast charts uh, normally every week in in several countries. Besides that, we have 42 WhatsApp groups between 200 and 350 members. We sell, we just send the audio. We don't, it's I know this is like a, a sin for podcasters we can't really track a lot of this stuff but that's where people are consuming stuff so hopefully meta who owns whatsapp uh, will soon f- have RSS feeds or something in, in in whatsapp so so we can track but we're doing that and there's there's a huge com- community around it the Instagram account of this podcast has 65,000 followers which is which is decent uh, yeah not huge influencer stuff, but very decent uh, community around it. And we're experimenting also with playlists uh, in Spotify, and we're just started experimenting uh, with different playlists and stuff, because we want to provide that, uh, that uh, connection, and also, well, there are playlists around music, right? So as we know Latinos, uh, music is very important, of course, and and it helps us uh, engage also with the audience just a bit of information this is from chartable this is just for the u.s uh, our u.s audience for this the this podcast particular podcast you can see the the comparisons with the benchmarks uh, and how it's doing so it's a very decent a very decent um, audience in terms of who's listening in terms of the market power and for instance this show no sponsor not no advertiser no no anything we just do it as as many of our other shows right and and for instance, one of the things that we want to point out like they're not uh they they don't leave, young young Latinos or or Catholics that are listening to podcasts are not only consuming uh, religious content, like spiritual content, right? It's like Latinos, we're embedded everywhere, right? And consume everything, well, same thing. You don't see in the artists that they're they're listening to. You don't see anything religious. You don't see anything with priests. It's all reggaeton. Well, Drake. I don't know what music Drake is, but it's all reggaeton, right? And 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 look at the ages. Like sixty something percent, no, seventy percent, almost seventy percent, younger than than 34. And the bigger, uh, the biggest. Uh, almost 60% between 23 and 34 that that audience is consuming spiritual content and consuming anything else and through podcast they're not uh, they're not receiving any anything from any brand or organization right so another another example of a top 10 podcast for us this is a podcast Clara, she's she's a young Catholic, Mexican Catholic, and Romina, she's a Protestant, uh, she's also Mexican Protestant. So, they well, their their Instagram account, that the podcast, twenty two thousand followers, and then Clara has fifty thousand and Romina thirty seven thousand. So they've created a following with the podcast. No, it is connecting from the podcast and to the social media and stuff. Sometimes we unless it's the very big shows. We don't see much people like having their own their own Instagram accounts and really getting traction. But with spiritual content, they are creating a community around the podcast and around themselves, right? This is not WhatsApp, this is Telegram. They have a couple of telegram groups, paid users. They're just they're part of the community, and and well, polls, some polls are sharing some of her notes and stuff. They even get together to pray the rosary. Young people, 22 years old, like that's a weird thing. It's not an official, like whomever wants to go into Zoom every day, they connect to pray the rosary. 22 years old, 22 year olds. And every weekly, every way, uh, week they have some debates and reflection time and stuff. So they're connecting with the people through a podcast that's a Catholic girl and a Protestant girl. They have Telegram. They have huge following in, in social media and another podcast that has no sponsorships <laughs> uh, or advertisers. This, the audience, just to give you a sense, is, is even younger than, than the last one. Look at the the numbers. Just between 18 and 27 percent, we have 60 60 percent of the of the audience, right? And also a lot of reggaeton, right? So these people are consuming every other project, every other product, music, uh, whatever, and they're listening to a spiritual podcast, right? Then, for instance, this one, we it's branded podcast, we do that for Ascension Press, which last year had the Bible in a Year, which was number one podcast, several, like I think it was the one that spent more days number one off all the podcasts last year, and of course in religion number one, and still is this time if you check Spotify charts or or Apple charts, we do the Spanish version for them. And... What we do, we created also a chatbot for them. A chatbot for WhatsApp, the WhatsApp community. The audience, as you can see here, is very different. The audience here, compared to the other ones, that I want that's why I wanted to show you this, this one, they're older. People who are interested in the Bible, they're older very like between 35 and and 59 it's more than half of the audience so most of them as memo was saying earlier don't know what a podcast is so we're we're on earned media like appearing on different uh, different things on uh, magazines or or interviews tv radio stations other podcasts and stuff and we link to uh, chatbot a link they click and then the first thing opens like uh, what do you want to do receive an email with with a daily that reminds them or or listen and then for instance i chose there listen uh, listen on a free platform and then they could choose spotify and platform so we did all this chatbot right uh, we created the chatbot so people who are not used to podcasts get to understand uh, or get to subscribe in and podca- and Spotify or Apple or, or even, well, YouTube. YouTube is very big on, on these three shows uh, as well. As you know, YouTube for Latinos, that's one of the places that, that we listen to podcasts the most. And this way, we're getting to people where they are at. They're in WhatsApp. All Latinos, like everyone who's Latino, has WhatsApp. And that's how we are evangelizing podcast, as Memo was saying as well. So these are, well, the audience, I told you a bit about the audience. And and well, you can even see by the music, right? There's, yeah, Bad Bunny, but Luis Miguel, Shakira, I don't know, Sebastian Yatra and Camilo, what they do. But, but well, it's, a, it's an older older audience, and and that's why us being in WhatsApp, making it very easy for them to, consum- to, to subscribe to the podcast. That's what's helped the podcast uh, a lot, La Biblia en un año. So, trying to... Well, this is Juan Deo Network. This is where focused our plus 70 shows, uh, almost 2 million downloads per month, focused on spiritual content. Depends. Uh, what we have shows drinking, and well, uh, I showed you a plan there with a Catholic and a, and a Protestant girl, and the, we try to get to Gen Z and millennials. We have kids for podcasts for kids, a couple of podcasts for kids, sound design and everything, storytelling. It's very important for kids, as you know, story time at night. Well, we we have podcasts for them. We're 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 going to be creating more more stuff in English as well. And uh, growing, we have a, a Latino Catholic influencer network that we leverage on, yes, there's a, there are a lot of Latino Catholic influencers out there and we're leveraging on them to, to, to reach other audiences, to, to evangelize our podcast, right? And, and well, we're just starting to, we, we, we do a lot of branded content and that's what supports our shows for the 70 something shows that we have 93% of them like it's our money we have them out there without any any sponsorships advertisement anything we we were just out there and now we're finally with 2 million we think we can start the, getting some ads and sponsorships and also co-producing and and working with other uh, producers and, and networks and right now an important thing that's coming for us like yeah spiritual content very important but we know or we 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 know that uh, Latinos are of course more and more complex and there's a huge audience that won't consume uh, religious or spiritual content and that still has the same aspirations, say family, uh, the aspirations to, to become better, and community, the sense of community. So, leveraging into the roots, traditions, and stuff, we are launching Primo. And for instance, we will, we're launching with three different podcasts. And the three of them, the, the three of them that are unscripted, Hosts, uh, women hosts, which apparently, from what Gabe said on, on Wednesday, 51% of the of the listeners, podcast listeners, are women, but only 30% or so are being the hosts. Well, we're trying to, to do something about that. We have Valeria, who's financially, uh, who's a financial esper- expert expert. She has won awards all over the world with, with her programs and her board games and stuff. We need to educate in a different, in a different way, more approachable. We need to educate uh, Latinos, financial, there's a lot of depth, a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of uh, things going on there that we want to make it approachable. Uh, for them, that's why, afortunadamente, with Valeria. And then, well, Stefania, she's part, she's in Florida, the women's school, uh, women, in Latina empowerment, and, cons- and consulta privada with Pilar, uh, who's a psychologist based. A lot of the, the podcast focuses on getting, uh, answering questions, mostly around family, right? How to handle stuff. And Primo, uh, Primo Network is also kind of be focusing a lot on scripted podcasts. So these three were, well, from South to North, it's 100% produced. Um, We hope to launch it soon. Uh, We're seeing if something uh, happens with some, selling it to someone stuff. If not, we're gonna launch it by ourselves. From South to North is in English, 41 voice actors, Latino voice actors, but in English. And the narrator is Anglo, white—I never know how to say that—but non-Hispanic American. Uh, why? Because we we want the audience to to really connect with the story. It's a it's a drama. It's a psych- psychological uh, trailer. We want them to connect to the story, to the to the characters through the narrator that they identify with. So it's a Nine episode, nine episode first season. Clara lives from from Guatemala, and Pepe from El Salvador, and everything they pass, like all the adventures and the horrible things that happen, like horrible stuff. But that's uh, a reality that we want to be portraying, and that that's in English. That's 100% done. Sound design is really cool. Uh, guy that does stuff for for Netflix Mexico. Well, was in charge of the sound design, musicalization, all that stuff, sound effects, and along with the, with the stuff for kids, La Sociedad Fantástica Niños Curiosos, is five different kids, which was a challenge. Uh, recording, my brother here, he he wrote these three these three podcasts, and he also directed that recording of the five kids, and they're trying, they're curious kids. There's one that's very scientifical and wants to understand more of the world. There's another one that doesn't care about anything. There's another one that's that that wants to connect with people more emotional. And each one of the five, the, every, every episode is trying to understand something about love because the first episode is like, they're coming back from, from summer vacations. They're together and it's like, ah you 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 were in love or you fell in love during the summer vacations and stuff and like mm, I don't know like what what's love no my mom says that she loves me and I feel warm when she hugs me and stuff but I didn't feel that with a boy and so so like the other one trying to explain and it's a whole first season trying to see different aspects of love but in a cool attractive way for kids that also apparently at least <laughs> we had a like a, a party with a with a cast uh, a couple weeks ago two Saturdays ago and the families were there as well and they were like oh thank you we, we don't know how to approach this stuff and they have learned so much uh, about love and things that we don't even uh, we, we can't even talk with them as, 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 as parents well that's what we <laughs> aim to do with out, uh, the outside world and well i love you comadre sa- satire in english uh, about life here in uh, 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 life here in the states and and we're going to be doing a lot more 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 scripted stuff hopefully uh, and maybe partnering with with other companies here production companies or or networks in in the states everything as you saw like Primo network is leveraging on the same things that we that we saw earlier that we see that are lacking in the space in the podcasting space right we're trying to connect on different levels besides just telling a, a funny story or or some hardship story connect on different levels that's what we're trying to do, and I think there's a lot of space hopefully more people will be will be doing that uh, as as well and we're Next week, we're also lo- launching the Latino podcasting scene, which is just a, a podcast in English. We have a newsletter. That's like QR. I don't know if you can scan it from your from your. But it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a newsletter that just launched last month. What we want to do about it is it's in English about anything podcasting uh, highlights from from the podcasting world, uh, Latino podcasting world. It's very we consume content from all over. Latinos consume content from all over. And what's happening in Spain, TV highlighting podcasts or in Argentina or in Colombia, that's like on the top news, uh, the most important magazines or or the, the famous TV personalities are doing now their podcasts and stuff, that affects Latinos here, right? And. We want to tell those stories in English or highlight those stories in English. So we create, pick the the most important ones because we want non-Hispanic whites. Or, uh, we want them to know that yes, the numbers you saw the Latino listener report and stuff, and everyone says sexy market. Yes, but how do I do this? Uh, well, there's a lot of things happening that affect that affect what's. Uh, how, how things are being consumed here in the States uh, by Latinos and what, what's soon coming. So, well, we're, we're gonna be doing, we're gonna be pursuing some strategic alliances and we're gonna be starting also as well with some ads and sponsorships and doing some branded podcasts and even like difficult stuff. Like for me as a, as a Catholic and well, we have Juan Dio Network but still, we want to do difficult stuff that we think uh, needs to be to be done. So, true crime podcast is on the not on the works like producing it right now, but we're in the creation phase. Uh, sex scandals we need to address that. We as Latinos, we uh, a lot of the times we just uh, silence ourselves and don't want to talk. Have a lot of some taboo topics and sex scandals in the catholic church are a big thing as well as i think anyone knows and we want to tell those stories to start also healing like the community and also hopefully things don't happen again right so that was the the, that was a presentation um there's four minutes for for some questions i don't know Someone has any question or comment or want to want to say anything? Feel free. I don't have a voice. Thank you. Um, so, like, when you start a unscripted podcast with like the with like with the girls from Juan Diego Network that you showed us. Like, how do you, what's the criteria you use to decide, like, I want to start a podcast with them? <laughs> well, I, I'd like to, to, to tell you that we have a laid out process, and we have all the things that we need to look out for. But really, like the Plus 70 shows, all the unscripted ones, it has been a lot of, like, my gut feeling, me getting to know them, and seeing, okay, they have cool things going, they have, they can engage, it's not like the normal... Content uh, that well, spiritual content normally I I loathe it. No, it's so boring and so badly produced and stuff, and so unattractive, so formal and stuff. So I see stuff against that or that that doesn't do that, and well, start coaching them or we we've we've uh, designed a uh, pre-launch framework that. Of course, a lot of experiments and a lot of fails. Also, uh, all of these different podcasts, we take from um, for scripted podcasts from four months till, well, maybe even more than a year. Once we for one podcast, we took more than a year, just to try to get it right the 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 exact objective of the podcast and how we're gonna the different segments and and well, everything. So. Uh, a lot of what we do in that process is still continue to to see if the the host will be able to deliver different content that really engages. So there's no formula or recipe. It's mostly God, <laughs> sadly. Yes. Hi. So we have a podcast on mindfulness. Oh. Thank you. I don't just shout. Uh, we have a podcast on mindfulness and we do a Spanish version based on feedback from parents in the communities in LA where we go in with translators mm. saying that they don't have enough content for them. But it's a translation. You know what I mean? It's not the actual original podcast. So we're working on that. But my question is if someone wants to reach a Spanish speaking audience, we've had a lot of trouble connecting with anyone. Either they don't speak English, we don't speak Spanish, right, so like a, would, it, would you suggest a network or a, you know, what's the entry to get in so that we can then connect with that audience? Yeah, that, that sort of question came out earlier in Memo's talk as well. There's there's no podcast movement in Mexico. There's no official directory or of, of or in Latin America. There's a lot of things happening, really cool things happening around. And, well, here, have production, like she does production. Uh, well, over there, uh, those guys, well, these guys as well. Like There are people here who who do a lot of the stuff that you might be looking for. But sadly, we're not very much organized in an association of stuff. I could give you some names and some contacts and stuff. But, but here, people uh, can approach you because Yes, translations, for instance, uh, The Bible in a Year, which was a big podcast in English, and we do the Spanish podcast. We don't want want a translation. They have a booklet like, yes, translations, of course, are better than nothing, right? But it has to be adapted. It has to be in culture, like that that content, right? And that's what we do uh, for for our clients, right? Uh, When they want something, they've never done anything for Latinos, instead of just translating the stuff and getting it out there, we might do a, a spin for a version of that, yes? Or completely different content. But but here, there, there, there are a lot of people who can help you. Yes? Um, because what we do is on somewhat of a spiritual level, and as you were saying, you know your network really kind of focuses on that, do you feel that your community would receive it better? in a native language, or do you think it would be received better by a Latin host, whereas, Mm. kind of uh, piggybacking on what she was saying, would it be better in Spanish, received better, because it is spiritual and that's a really personal... Yeah, that depends again, like we have, as I showed you, there's five segments. So who's your target audience, like specific, if you're going to Gen Z, even though they're Latinos, most probably do it in English, but in culture. Which is different, yeah. Yeah. and that's what non-Hispanic need to understand, right? Yeah. It's yeah. different, uh-huh. very different, right? But, 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 yeah, it, like in general, and, and you can see some stats in the uh, Latino, the Edison's uh, research Latino listener report on how, in general, they engage Latino listeners, engage a lot more when there's, right? So, so yeah, but same thing. It's not a simple answer. because five different segments can get it differently, right? So, yes, I think, ah, well, yes, one more minute, I think. I know this is going the other way around, so maybe we're out of time, but. Uh, thanks for the talk. Question, I, I saw you put in five buckets uh, and you bifurcated, buy buy, <laughs> you, know, you divided the market into five segments in the Latino market, but you threw all the Latinos into one segment and I wondered, you know, your coming from the Mexican Mexican perspective, how is your how is your content translating into immigrants from Colombia, from the Dominican Republic, from Chile, from Argentina, from etc. Wh- wh- how do you how do you divide that, and and are you trying to stay in culture on those, and and how yeah. would you advise staying in your lane or dividing that lane up? That's a that's a great question. We of course, trying to like the low hanging fruit for us, 62% of Latinos in the States have a Mexican origin and they're not Mexican. Most of them are born here, right? But have a Mexican heritage. So if you have to choose one to start with, it's choose Mexican, right? And then Puerto Ricans, right? but far, far below, right? And these last 10 years, a lot of Guatemala, Salvador, and Venezuela, of course, trying to flee what's happening in their countries, right? But, but yeah, that, that's one of our next steps in culture, uh, in every sense, and of course, that's why we started, started the presentation, like come from Latinos, it's like 26 different countries. And within the country, as Memo was saying, I'm from, I was born in Monterrey, Mexico, which is very different from, from Memo born in Mexico City, which is very different from someone from the south, right? So just there. That's why at the end, yeah, niche audiences and stuff, and, and we have to do more, more, more uh, create more content than that gets, well, everywhere, but we start that, that easy way. Well, I think I'm, I'm out of time, right? Thank you guys.